don't think they've written too many country songs about farm business management or business planning. I kept thinking about a song about she thinks my tractor's sexy and everyone thinks about the equipment and the landscape and all the sexy stuff of farming. But I think all the country songs are written about when you don't have a good plan, like when your dog left and your wife left and you lost your tractor and the banks come into foreclose and those kind of things. But we always talk about this as a group is like, why don't more people look and get excited about these things? Hey now, it's Dan Aberhart here from the Growing the Future podcast. And the host of this episode is my business partner and my little brother, Terry. We started this show to bring you the incredible conversations we're fortunate enough to have with the amazing folks in our network. These episodes will elevate your mindset, they'll motivate you, they'll inspire you and inform you in such a way that you can be successful going forward in the agricultural space. So let's get growing our future together. All right, so here we are with another edition of Growing the Future podcast with my sidekick Holden and very excited to have Heather with us from FMC and Jorg, our current leader and president of the board and so very excited. I think today, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about Farm Management Canada and farm business management and all the fun and exciting things that come along with that. But why don't we just have a quick introduction, Heather, why don't you introduce yourself to us and what your role is with FMC? Sure. So my name is Heather and I'm Executive Director here at Farm Management Canada. I've been with the organization since 2009. It's getting a little long in the gym, but it's been a really great adventure and we continue to do exciting things every day. What about you, Jorg? Yeah, so I'm the chair of uh, Farm Management Canada. have been the chair for, I think, two years now. I've been on the board for almost five years with FMC. I have been a farm business on the financial side of things and uh, that's where Terry and I got to meet each other in his farm business advisor for six years and we went through a lot of things and have worked through a lot of exciting stuff and I have stopped doing that mainly on the consulting side, I still run a peer group with farmers in Manitoba and North Dakota. But right now, my full-time job, I'm the operational manager or the CEO or high-tech installations and we build fertilizer storage and handling facilities across Western Canada. Awesome. So I think on the podcast here, we've spent a lot of time talking to guests about entrepreneurship and growth and exciting things and lots of different business management stuff. But rarely do we just stop and focus on farm business management. And I think it's something of, as we mentioned, we're all on the board together. Jorg and I are on the board. I've done a lot of work with the org and various different advisors on the business planning and, and those kind of things. But generally speaking, when it comes to the business of farming and any other business for that matter, not everyone initially thinks about the business management as something that's necessarily exhilarating or exciting or people focus on. So you know, Heather, we share a little bit about why you're passionate about what FMC is trying to do and, and why you feel it's so important. 
Sure. I think we tend to focus on production a little bit more when it comes to farming and we're calling farmers and producers and not so much business managers. So I think there's a tendency to take for granted that the business management stuff is going to happen regardless, but not realizing that we really need to make a concerted effort to manage our businesses well, managing our farms well. So we're passionate about it for a thousand different reasons. Maybe we kind of like the underdog and we like to cheer on the underdog. So the things that aren't getting the attention they need. But as you look at some of our research data and anecdotal information from farmers, you quickly come to realize that, you know, business management is that thing that we can really concentrate on to move our businesses forward, to build the capacity to succeed and to get everyone excited about getting on the same page about the future of the farm. So when it comes to benefits to your finances, benefits to your family harmony, your team harmony, your stress levels, things like that. Like it really does hit all the marks. And we think it's probably the best chance we have to look at seizing opportunities while managing risk and uncertainty along the way. So we see it as this dark course that maybe hasn't been up to light as much as it should be. That's why it's exciting because there's so much opportunity to gain by shining some light on the business side of farming. So you argue it might be much the same, but what makes you passionate about this area of business and the work that you do? First off, it's very hard to cross or to say in one word what farm business management is because it touches a lot of various subjects. But, you know, for me, farm business management is is to have a plan in place. And whether that plan is in finances or in the strategy or in the operations or in your human resource or even your sort of your mental health plan, if you want, it's having that plan in place. And, you know, you plan for something, you know, that's going to happen somehow in future and you plan ahead of it and you try to mitigate negative outcomes, not after they have happened, but well before they have happened. And I know very well that every plan you make is going to turn out differently anyways, but it's the process of making the plan and, you know, understanding all the impacts of what you're doing. So it's having a plan in place. You know, that's why I am so passionate about it, because I like to plan. Also, I know that the plans might change. So Holden is being a young, potentially uh, young guy looking to become a potential future farmer, maybe someday. Do you, what do you think about um, when you hear the words farm business? management or business planning? Have you spent much time thinking about that in your days so far? Not really. To be honest, I had no idea what that was until now. So I'm not thinking about that at all. Yeah, I think that's typically something you get to a little later on in, in life in your business career. One of the things I was thinking about as we were planning for this call is that I don't think they've written too many country songs about farm business management or business planning. I kept thinking about a song about she thinks my tractor's sexy and everyone thinks about the equipment and the landscape and all the sexy stuff of farming. But I think all the the country songs are written about when you don't have a good plan, like when your dog left and your wife left and you lost your tractor and the banks come into foreclose and those kind of things. But we always talk about this as a group is like, why don't more people look and get excited about these things? And I think sometimes, you know, people look at it as it's a lot of maybe feel like it's a lot of complexity or a lot of work, but 
the reality is we see all the kinds of benefits that come out of business planning and, and the different approaches. So why is this not something that is more sexy? And what, you know, why aren't we singing about how she likes my business plan or my balance sheet? Because sometimes that might be a lot more interesting than the tractor if people understood that. It's going to see if Jorg wants to take a crack at making farm management sexy. <laughs> I think mainly because you don't see it. You only see the results of it. You see that the great farm that might be able to afford that nice tractor and you, you know, and see how they are growing, but you don't see the real business plan behind it. it you only see the secondary outcome of a farm business plan in the end, and you, you don't really see it. And you know what I always say is, you don't have to do it. Nobody really tells you to do it other than the bank if you're in a, in a bad situation. But nobody tells you as an entrepreneur to improve your farm. It, I want to improve my farm and I want to improve the business side of things. It's often a different forte if you want. Farmers are very, very operational and, you know, they get stuff fixed and they get the tractor out of the mud and they get... They get stuff done, so they're very operational. So that's my crack on it. I'd agree with everything you're saying, Jorg. And yeah, when you ask farmers, what is exciting about farming? Why are you farming? Most farmers didn't get into farming to be business managers, to manage people and to look after consumer relations and, and all the wonderful things that come with managing the farm. So you have this kind of interesting juxtaposition between this is what I'm really passionate about is the production and the feel and growing things and, and caring for animals, etc. But then this is all the stuff I need to do to stay in business and to keep doing that. And I think that kind of discrepancy is where we where we're challenged a little bit in how do we feed the passion with maybe not the the food that the farmer is looking for. But I think back to how do we make it sexy? I mean, success is sexy, right? Even if the business planning and stuff isn't. But looking at, again, like Jorg said, the results of that, what we need to do is kind of bridge the gap between seeing the results and, hey, do you know where that came from? That came from doing a business plan or that came from doing a pretty slick financial analysis. And we were able to afford this, that or the other or to go in this cool direction and try new things because we afforded ourselves the flexibility to try something new by having the working capital or having the right people on the staff to bring cool ideas. Yeah, those are great comments. I mean, you have that sexy tractor probably because you created some success in what you did. And I was just, as Jorg was talking, I was thinking about Holden's maybe rethinking his career path because he's like, probably wondering about, I actually have to do some of this business planning stuff they're talking about, which does seem a little bit overwhelming. And so it's something that many of us don't think about initially, but those that do go down this path and work at these things experience a lot of success generally, and hence are, are very passionate about helping encourage and share that with others. And I remember my first experience about kind of thinking about these things was when I started working for John Deere as an egg mechanic just out of school and getting called out to different farmers to go work on their equipment. And there was a vast difference in operations, in the yards, in the equipment, in the mindsets, in the people from, you know, one farm just a couple miles down the road from each other. And I quickly started realizing, well, some of it may have been luck. Maybe some of it was 
you know, how much money they're or good that farming their dad was or who, whatever it may be. But a lot of it came down to differences in approach. And maybe I didn't fully understand it then, but really came down to difference in management. Yeah. To that, Terry, I'd like to add that I am a strong believer in management and I have seen a lot of farms all over the world. And, you know, there's good farms and bad farms everywhere. In my mind, the only long-term factor of competition is good management. Everybody in the world can buy state-of-the-art seeds, chemicals, fertilizers, tractors, seeders, and so on. That can all be bought, but management is pretty hard to replicate. And those who who focus on management, and you know, that's not only farm business management, that's also production management, obviously. Those guys will be the the guys that will be there in future and will strive. So Yeah, and I think I would echo the same sentiments in terms of what we've seen in our research. Our dollars and cents study, for example, you saw good and bad management and financial performance in all types of farms, small or large, any type of commodity, any type of region. There were your top farmers and your bottom farmers. So it really depends on not where you live or what you produce, but how you handle those situations and how you manage and kind of changing the idea. Because I think when it comes to planning, the sentiment we get back is, I'm succeeding without it, is, is typically what the farmers say is, I don't need it, I'm good, thanks very much. Or it's overwhelming and I don't have the time to do it. It's just too much with everything else I have going on. So we're trying to kind of change the conversation around business management to talk about, we're not trying to predict the future. We're trying to figure out how can we best plan for for whatever scenario comes our way. So whether it's COVID or whether it's a more, you know, minor situation, have you taken the time to say, okay, what's the best outcome? What's the worst outcome? And what's the most likely outcome? As you alluded to, the dollars and cents study, uh, as I understand it, was just evaluating a large swath of various different farm operations and looking at what the top farms and best performing farms did versus everybody else. And and I think I've got it here, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was kind of seven key practices that came out of that, right? So the first one was ongoing skills development, lifelong learning. Second one was business decisions made using accurate financial data. Third one was seeking the help of business advisors and consultants. Fourth was having a written business plan and following it, reviewing it annually. Fifth was know and monitor your cost of production and what it means to your profits. The sixth one was assess risk and have a plan to manage and mitigate risk. And then the last one was use a budget financial plan to monitor your financial position and options. Right. So there's a lot of stuff there, but generally speaking, those are all fairly straightforward things that will help you be more successful. Especially as someone else reads it out loud, which is nice for a change. That planning, as York was talking about, just resonates and resonates. Business plan, risk management plans, financial plan. Like it's about figuring out what could happen and what are we going to do if it does happen so that we have some sense of being able to sleep at night. You're like, okay, we've calculated our worst scenario and guess what? It's not that bad. Yeah, that's right. And I think for me, it, it really starts with the planning and the goal setting in the simplest form of things. And one of the things that was really powerful for me quite a few years ago is the Harvard study on written goals. And so they had taken 
a large swath of their graduates from Harvard and split them up into basically three groups. So one had clearly written and defined goals for what they wanted to achieve. The other group had just goals, but they did write them down and they weren't formalized. And the rest didn't set any goals. So 84% of the group didn't set any goals. The 13% that had goals but not committed to paper earned twice as much as the bottom 84%. And the 3% of them had clearly written goals with plans on how to accomplish that. And that group earned 10 times as much as the other 97% combined. When I heard about this study or it was explained, my first thought was like, holy mackerel, I'm going to start writing down goals like right now, because that is an incredible difference. And one of the things that, you know, we've learned at Strategic Coach was using the R factor question, where do you want to be in three years from now? And we've used that with our consulting clients and, and we use that within our own business. And it is incredible to see how often you achieve the goals that you set out in the time frame that you did or even before. It is unbelievable just how that works. It's just uncanny to see that and experience it, but it really is true. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And we see the same thing in terms of your written business plan, which of course contains goals and all your dreams and wishes and things like that. But this writing it down is really, really key for tons and tons of reasons. Some of them being by writing it down, you actually have to choose your words carefully and articulate what it is you want and how you want it. And writing it down also facilitates involving other people in that thinking process and in that conversation and coming to some sense of consensus about the future. So it starts to kind of sketch a picture, not just for you, but for those around you about okay, this is the future we're building together. And this is the role that I might be able to play going forward. But then you also have something to reference when a decision comes up or when a question comes up. Writing it down is is really key. And I'm, I'm happy to hear the results of that study because that only reinforces what, what we've been talking about, the importance of those seemingly simple activities of truly articulating what it is you want and maybe even how you'll get there so people can enjoy the ride with you. Yeah, and I, I like to add writing stuff down and goals down and, and including others in your, in your goals creates actually accountability. So, you know, if you write it down and you communicate the goals with other people, as we did it and as Terry is still doing with Aberhart Farms, on his during his strategic meeting, he himself is committing to stuff and he's accountable towards his uh, employees and vice versa. It creates that accountability. And then we as entrepreneurs, we don't really have too many bosses above us and we're not really accountable to other people, but we can create that accountability if we include others in our plans. And then, you know, that makes me take uh, the best or makes me work the best. For sure. I'm thinking Holden's probably thinking he knows why I'm always ranting about having a plan and trying to make a plan. But when we were talking about the goal setting, Holden, I was wondering if you were thinking about some goals that you were going to write down if you knew they were going to become true, what would they be? I don't really know. Probably to get first place in the snowboard competition, try to anyways, and get 100% on the math test. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. So 
as soon as you set that goal, and especially if you write that down, it starts to change your behavior and your actions. And one of the other things that I think is really important about goal setting is, and lots of people talk about it, whether it's your North Star or your big, hairy, audacious goal or whatever it may be. But for me, it's really about that's what gives you the energy, the drive, especially when things are tough, right? That's what gets you out of bed in the morning. That's what keeps you going. And I always wonder when, you know, farming is, and and entrepreneurship period is tough and it can be very volatile. And so what is it that keeps you going through those tough times if you don't know where you want to get? How do you have the energy or the motivation to go push through those challenges are tough times if you really don't know where you're going. Yeah. And I think as well, it's, it's important to think of kind of that intersection between self and family and business and community and all those players. Because I think it's one thing to say, what are our business goals? But I think it's equally important to think about what are your own goals as an individual and as a person and in your personal life, you know, whether it's getting married or whether it's having kids or whether it's, you know, traveling a lot or things like that. Because I think sometimes business goals can help carry you through some personal challenges. And I think the other side is true. Some personal goals can carry you through business challenges. So Holden, you know, we, we in Farm Business Management Canada, we always try to get farm business management closer to our farming partners and to our partners in the industry. Now, I'd like to have your honest opinion of, you know, what you have heard here in the last half an hour. And, you know, if you have any questions or any clarifications, because we need to succeed in explaining that better. And sometimes we feel we don't do a good enough job to explain it in a, in a good way. But, you know, you are sort of a unbiased uh, new guy that heard about that stuff and you you know you have seen me at Aberhart Farms and you've probably wondered what that guy always does and and, uh, and shows up a couple of times besides here, come here. and drink beer yeah besides come and drink beer and then sometimes go skiing with your dad or whatnot but do you have any any questions or any anything that's on your mind for us here I'd be curious to be honest I really don't have any questions. You guys did a good job at explaining. And I'm surprised that I understood it pretty good. And at first, Jorg, honestly, I actually didn't know what you did for a job. <laughs> I thought you just came over to <laughs> ski and drink beer. Yeah, well, well we, you know, we talk about that stuff while drinking beer and skiing. <laughs> That's good to know. It's obviously developing a bit of a passion in, in whatever discipline it is. It's kind of like skiing and snowboarding. You probably don't have too much of a passion for skiing more than snowboarding. I'm more a skier, so you got to find out where you have that passion. And then once you found your passion, the rest is easy. Um, you know, you dig deeper and you try another another jump here and there. And not everybody has to be has to be passionate about Excel or whatnot. There's people out there. That's me when I don't drink beer with your dad. Yeah, I think that this is where it gets to me to the more exciting part of of this conversation or concept is the and we do this every year with all of our businesses and, and our family as well as once a year we take some time 
to set out a strategic plan and vision and what our goals are and what we want to do. And we, we surround ourselves with our team and the great advisors or mentors that we may have around us. And we work at setting those goals together. And that's one of the most exciting times of the year for me personally is when you can get excited about what you want to try to achieve. And yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into getting there, but, but setting that vision is always extremely motivating. And when you achieve that together with the people, whether it's your family or your business, or you set out to learn a new trick on your snowboard with your friends and, and you learn to do it, when you achieve it, the, the excitement and exhilaration around that is, is pretty amazing and very motivational. And I think as well, there's a tendency, I think when you're kind of in that entrepreneurial zone, and I would say pretty much all farmers are just serial entrepreneurs. When you're in that zone, you're always on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I think when you have these key milestones throughout the year, you can take time to celebrate successes instead of just, you know, moving on to the next thing. It's like, hey guys, like, let's take a minute. Like we did a really great thing. Let's take a couple days off or have a picnic together or whatever it is, but just let ourselves sit in this moment before we go back to the grind and, and, you know, into the next thing. Having the opportunity to give yourself permission to focus on the business and not be absorbed in the business, I think can be really magical as well and kind of help you get into this space of what's possible instead of just what is right now. That's a good segue into my favorite topic. Farm business management is for me a tool to achieve freedom. And I need to explain that a little bit. Freedom means for me something totally different than it might mean for Terry or for Holden or for you, Heather. Personal freedom might be for a guy to have a, a house in Arizona or a house at the ski hill or just travel the world. Farm business management is a tool to achieve your personal freedoms in, in my mind. That actually reminds me of a bit of a story. So in the Netherlands, they created this kind of strategic management training program, kind of like our Canadian C-Team program or the American TPAP program. And so, you know, they would get farmers together and they would talk about, okay, what are your personal goals? What are your business goals? Okay, let's do some assessment. Let's create that wonderful plan that's going to bring you everything that you want to. And they said that the number one thing they always run into is this proud farmer presents their business plan at the end. And they're like, okay, so this is my plan on getting there. And they said they always, always compare the goals to the plan. And every single time the personal goals are forgotten. (laughs) It's like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 this. And then it's like, but you said you wanted to take vacation every year. And how are you going to do that? Or you wanted to work less. And how are you going to do that? So it was kind of this wake up call all the time that it's so easy to forget about our personal goals and our personal self when we're focused on the business, 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 business. And I think I'm just kind of reflecting on what you've said, Jorgen and Terry, what you've said, and that being defined as the business. I think that's why we have so much trouble or one of the reasons why we have so much trouble when it comes to talking about transition and farm transition planning and, you know, the next generation to lead the farm. 
Because, you know, if you're solely and wholly identified as the farm itself, well, if you're not the farm manager, then who are you and what are you? And being able to have those real conversations about life after being the farm manager. And it kind of reminds me like a lot of times we hear the next generation, they never want to leave the farm, but their place on the farm is different. And sometimes they're like, I'm tired of making decisions. I'm tired of, you know, being the boss that everyone comes to and complains or being the HR manager. I just want to drive a combine. Like I want to go back to the fun times of, you know, I'm out in the field and that for some is, is freedom. It's like, yeah, I'm coming to the farm and working every day, but I feel free to do that and not being bound by, you know, some of the other things that make up the farm management. So it's just, it got me thinking about the different ways we define freedom and how we work that into our overall plan. Maybe changing the subject a little bit on how we get into farm business management. It's platforms like our Ag Excellence Conference, where you meet with uh, with successful farmers. They they have very different approaches, and one guy is a very good HR manager. The other one is uh, very financially versed, uh, and so on. So you talk to them, and you. You get their personal stories and you see what they have achieved and you go, oh, that's interesting. That's nice. I I kind of like to be like him, you know, and going or her. It's like holding you looking up to these uh, snowboard pros and having achieved uh, stuff and, you know, having gone to the Olympics from the Mississippi Ski Hill kind of a deal. Uh, I think that's one one guy there who practiced there in, the, in his early days, right? And he's at the Olympics now and you know that's the same thing with farm business management you look up at these people and and you see what they have achieved Ag Excellence uh, Conference is a great platform for that, for the networking. Uh, you talk to these people in the off time and, and go over a beer often and find their personal stories and you go, oh, that's interesting. That's nice. I, I kind of like to be like that. And, you know, then you, you have that internal drive. And Terry and I went through uh, TPAP in the U.S. in Austin and we spent a week of intensive courses and intensive networking with very good producers from the U.S. and Canada, and there are still connections there. Another great thing is the C-Team course from uh, from AME, from Larry Martin and Heather Broughton. It's about the networking and feeding off each other kind of a deal and, you know, kind of bringing yourself up a notch higher. As Heather mentioned, one of the things that we struggle with a bit is a bit of the culture of agriculture, the pride that comes along and is associated with it. A lot of times you see the mentality of, if I have to ask for help, it means I must not be doing something very good versus the the thought process of, you know, I'm going to do what I'm really good at and I want to work with others that are really good at what they do. And my dad we used to say and still does, which is very relevant is what, you know, when he started farming, whoever could plow the most in a day or would plow the longest would kind of get ahead. It was just basically came down to how hard you were willing to work for the most part. And nowadays you have to work smarter, not harder. You can't just outwork or or grow out there and put a few more hours in on the plow. Well, you're not allowed to plow anymore because we're minimum till and all these other things, but it's a different set of skills that it takes to succeed and you need to 
continually learn and, and put yourself in these environments, which usually are a lot of fun as well. But it takes a different set of skills. And the thing is, I think sometimes people get stressed out thinking that they have to do something that they don't enjoy. But the reality is you can work with different experts to do what they really love. And it will allow you to do more of what you love and be successful at it. Exactly. When you're doing something you're passionate about and makes you happy and makes you want to get out of bed, you naturally do better at that. Like, like York knows, I, I'm not excited about financials, at least not as excited as he is. And so if I can get help in that, that's great because I'd much rather edit a report or do some research. It's just, it's what feeds my soul and Excel sheets feed his. But at the end of the day, we figure out how to get it done either way. So, you know, if it's not me, then, you know, somebody else is doing the books and that's just fine, but it's being real with yourself and, and trying to overcome that ego or that sense of pride that I have to do everything and and everything's up to me or we won't succeed. But it's, it's learning to kind of let go and, and work on some of those other skills, like how to delegate and how to lead people and, you know, all the things that are really tough to learn unless you have some good folks you're working with and some good mentors and really recognize those as, as really key skills going forward in terms of, you know, the changing face of farm management. Like, what is it going to take to be the good farm manager? Is it going to be the highest yields or is it going to be the best balance sheet or is it going to be the happiest family? Who knows? Who knows what's right for you? But really looking at where are we and where do we want to go so that we're, you know, taking all the boxes that we've identified are important to us. I'd like to add one more thing, Heather. Peer groups are great because you get a deep insight into the other person's operation and into, you know, the personal personalities. And it's it's great to see different personalities out there, how they tackle things. We have also used the peer group, um, and that's tying into a bit of what I said before as an accountability group so we share the goals within the peer group that then we have and we call that an accountability buddy that <laughs> the guy you know they work together on it and they talk to each other on a frequent basis and see how the goal is coming along and hold each other accountable for it i really like that idea because oftentimes when we're talking about farm business management It's one thing to do a practice to adopt it. So like I'm going to create a business plan or I'm going to create a transition plan. But then it's a whole other picture to implement it and to keep it going, keep the momentum going. And then what? And then what? And then what? And all the little surprises you find along the way. So having that buddy system or that space where there's some sort of accountability seems to be a bit of a winning combination when it comes to we're at different ages and different stages different experiences in farming but being able to come together and say hey I've actually been through something similar and here's what happened and here's what I did and here's what I wouldn't do again if I (laughs) if I was faced with the same situation or here's what absolutely got me through it. And then the other way around for opportunities that come, for example, or bringing in an outsider and saying, we haven't faced this problem, any of us. So what do we do now? Having that that sense of I'm not alone, but also I can you know, learn from others and stand on the shoulders of giants. 
Well, I think ultimately what this all comes down to is you as as an individual. And this kind of ties into the mental health aspect and and all these things. And so one of the one of the things that was most revolutionary for me when when I signed up with Strategic Coach was realizing that, you know, ultimately your most valuable asset is yourself and your and your mindset. And typically as entrepreneurs, we usually burn ourselves out. We work too hard. We we're stressed out about everything. We never have any time because we put a lot of onus on ourselves to be successful and and be accountable for all these things. But at the same time, we might be going in a in a very dangerous direction and realizing it's it's kind of counterintuitive to what most of us would think or a lot of us look at. But if you don't take care of yourself and your own mental health and, and well-being, what kind of leader can you be? What kind of decisions can you make with clarity and all these different things? And, and the reality is one of the coolest definitions of happiness that I've ever seen was simply, you know, if your environment equals what you think it should be, essentially you're happy. And if it doesn't, you have two choices. You either can change your environment or you can change your expectations. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's really about taking all these things and and building the plan of what you want, working with advisors. and, And again, it gets back to that. Sometimes people feel uncomfortable to expose themselves or, or, or get advice through an advisory board or working through some of these processes or whatever it may be. But if you can do that, the, the benefits that you can gain, because yeah, we all have blind spots and we all have areas of weaknesses that, that we need help and support towards getting towards our goals. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, farmers, I think for the most part are entrepreneurs at heart. If anyone's been to the Outstanding Young Farmers competition, like it is just like, I mean, I sit there as a non-farmer and my jaw is on the table the entire time. Like the things that these guys accomplish is just amazing. And then there's like 12 more slides of what else they're involved in. So like I kind of leave with the tail with my tail between my legs thinking, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Like these people can rule the world. But yeah, it's about, you know, being, being purposeful and being conscious of what's enough for you, not compromising your own physical health or mental health for the sake of the business or for the sake of others, but being very conscious of where is my tipping point and making sure you're never, you're never near that if you can help it. Holden, what's your plan for the weekend? Making snow? No, we're going to go pick up some skidoos this weekend nice yeah we've been using that as leverage to get our garage cleaned and some work done around the yard and stuff so it's part of a plan and a goal as well for for both of us (laughs) the kids get skidoos and i get a clean garage so they can go in there (laughs) yeah anyways it's been an awesome conversation today thanks both of you for for being on the podcast hopefully we made it sound a little bit like uh Farm business planning can can be a bit of fun and maybe Holden's going to grow up and write a country song about his sexy business plan and balance sheet that all the girls are going to want to get a look at. Let's just uh, maybe go around with a, a few final comments or words from from the group here before we, we sign off. I'm going to stop with what I've started. Farm business management is, in short, is is having a plan about your about your farm business. And whether that's in the financial area, the human resource area, the strategic area, the you name it area, it is it is having a plan in place that might 
change, but uh, the important part is to have a plan in place. So that's how I want to end, I guess. I would say like it's interesting because I look at all of the literature and data and anecdotal evidence that farm business management is so helpful in so many ways. And then I look at the adoption rates and I'm just, what? I think my biggest thing is it's such an untapped opportunity. We're pretty darn successful as an agriculture industry now. In fact, we're really successful. And, you know, we look around the globe and in terms of business management practices, there's not really, you know, one country that is is excelling over others. So, I mean, for Canada, I just think if we could get our heads around, you know, getting a business plan on every farm and that planning process, we could just soar. Like we would be miles ahead in terms of building our capacity to manage risk, being in a position to pivot and seize opportunity. Like I think we would just be out the gate laughing. So I just think it's such an untapped potential and, you know, whatever gets you there. Like I I keep remembering this number when we did our survey, 41% of farmers said they don't do business planning because they're succeeding without it. But I kind of turn their head around and say, what's your definition of success? Success for the business, success for you, success for your family, community, and country. What is your definition of success? And are you truly succeeding in the minds of yourself and in the minds of your of your team and your family, etc.? So I guess I would leave folks with, with that challenge. And back to Terry, what you were talking about with the power of goal setting and the power of writing it down. What would success look like to you? And how can we build a roadmap to get you there? For sure. So Holden, as a 13-year-old kid, um, this is a bit of a subject that you probably haven't spent a lot of time thinking about, but what's what are some of your thoughts after listening to the call and participating today? Well, I've learned a lot. Now I have to start thinking of lyrics for this country song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a plan, so better start writing it down. I'm sure, sure you'll get there. So it was a fun call. Uh, thanks a lot. Both of you, uh, Heather and York, for coming on. If you want to learn more about Farm Management Canada, just check out their website. Uh, we've got our annual Ag Excellence Conference coming up here in December, virtually, of course, this time around, but always a, a great kind of national event to get some of those uh, juices flowing. And if you're successful without a plan, imagine what you could do with a plan. So get a plan, man. That's all I got to say. And hopefully this helps inspires others to work towards achieving their dreams and and their freedoms, the freedoms of whatever that may be that they want to do. And and I love uh, that mindset and outlook. So thanks everyone uh, for being on the call today. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Terry. And the plan to freedom. You bet. All right. Take care, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let me know. I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with me and my brother, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can find Growing the Future podcast on Instagram. But one of the really cool places to check out for past episodes and more content, different aspects of the show is growingthefuturepodcast.ca. And there you can become a Growing the Future podcast insider. We will send you updates when the show is published immediately. And some of the other content that gets created around the show Show. I usually publish a little blog about my takeaways on LinkedIn so you can connect with me there specifically about this episode and more. Uh, what else? Send us a note and I'll send you a t-shirt, man. Uh, send us your size. 
So we appreciate you following the show. Check out AberhardAgSolutions.ca. That's a company that Terry and I are partners in, uh, distributing uh, some really cool products for agricultural inputs. And you can check out AberhardFarms.com. That's the farm. You can check out SureGrowSolutions.ca. That's the agronomy and research company. And there's also Convergence Growth, but I don't know if they have a website yet. Uh, We'll be coming shortly. So yeah, we're around and drop us a line. Appreciate you listening and take care.